welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all-new, all-electric ID.4 SUV is here, and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold. And the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com ID4. We are here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. Today I'm talking with Kanan Boss, our Director of Digital Media. And we wanted to talk uh, about a topic that's very important to car ownership, EV ownership, but not often discussed, which is the infotainment systems, the, the, the media within vehicles. And we also want to cover the topic of AI, autonomous driving, since this is always a, a, a prime topic and Conan is a, a, a great researcher and thinker on that topic. So Conan- Tell my mind to... often, Zach. What's that? It's on my mind quite often. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's sort of the topic we think about probably every day about the future of transportation, trying to figure out what the answer is. Uh, so I'm, maybe we can start with, um, let's start with the, with the media topic. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of different vehicles on the market, electric vehicles that are comparable in specs, in kind of size and feel, but have very yeah. different media systems. Uh, so maybe you want to just give a little overview of what you see as sort of different types of, you know, sort of different uh, media packages available on different electric vehicles around the world. Well, to be honest, the thing is right now, it's nowhere near as good as it could be. Even Tesla, they already are, you know, getting a bit further ahead now with uh, introducing a gaming computer in their uh, new Model S and X. But the whole market could be a whole lot further along. And Partially, it has to do, of course, with the fact that automakers are slow to adapt, but I also blame partially Apple and Google. I think it all started in 2014. Uh, it was when um, Google introduced Android Auto. I think also the same year Apple introduced Apple CarPlay. Their idea was pretty simple. You know, most, most cars, not even electric ones necessarily, uh, had a small screen, a touchscreen, and they didn't want uh, automakers to have to do too much to be able to integrate um, their new systems. And so that's what Android Auto and Apple CarPlay was about. And here we are in 2021 with, sure, they're a bit better, but basically still the same thing. And the automakers are now hung up on that and having a hard time moving past that. Yeah. And so there's sort of a few different, I think, types of systems, right? So you've got Tesla's system, which is unique. You've got a, oh, yeah. a couple of Chinese EV startups, although they, they prefer to call themselves smart, uh, smart electric vehicle companies or smart yeah. vehicle companies. And they have a sort of Tesla's approach, but For they sure. have their own sort of systems. And then there's much, most of the market are legacy automakers, which as you said, I think, you know, they've, they've incorporated bigger and bigger screens, but they're basically just um, platforms for Apple CarPlay and Google uh, yeah. or Apple Apple CarPlay and Google, or Android Auto. I mean, for legacy <laughs> automakers, we are starting to see improvement. Uh, Mercedes with their new hyperscreen, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, but even then, you can see technology is there, but software still hasn't caught up. 
uh, Volkswagen, well, they're pretty famous with uh, how their you know, software didn't exactly work out for the ID3 in, for the first year or so that it was supposed to come out. And uh, But the Chinese automakers are pretty interesting. Most of them actually run on some kind of operating system similar to Android. Uh, one of them might actually be running on something new called Android Automotive OS. So far, we've only seen this in Polestar and in the new Volvo cars, the electric ones. But also maybe one uh, Lee Auto might also be using it. And you, Volkswagen, um, uh, in full disclosure, they are they are running ads on this podcast, but um, they have a very strong push to become software companies as well, software developers sure. themselves, which is yeah. interesting because, well, just going back a step, you know, like we mentioned Tesla, obviously they sort of started this trend. Before Tesla, I feel like the, the general consensus was among automakers, we're not tech companies, we're not doing this. Apple and, Apple and Google will do it. And then Tesla said, well, we're doing it. And I think others have faced this dilemma. Are we doing it or are we outsourcing it? And so Volkswagen don't has, and there Volkswagen is a question. Is make, don't get me wrong. Volkswagen is making leaps and bounds in progress in software, but you know they just have a long way to go. But the progress and their motivation, it's definitely there. I mean, they're one of the uh, big names in upcoming uh, legacy automakers fully committed to making the transition to electric vehicles so they're definitely be, to be commended it's just well, you know that, yeah yeah not told, out there I mean, yet yeah we get that I, I was just leading to the question of so they they've changed their approach and they're committed to it now that's not shown in existing models because you know yeah. they're not there yet but what do you think that approach is going to be like what do you think a volkswagen or a mercedes where do you think they go from relying on Google and Apple to their own infotainment systems. Do you think it's more like a Tesla-like approach? Do you think it's something else? Well, let's be, clear. let's be clear. What Tesla is doing is really, really difficult. They are going it alone. And automakers, after being so hung up on Google and Apple, they might not necessarily trust them with whatever their next product is. And they might also try to go it alone. Um, Having said that, Google, for example, like I said, is making Android Automotive OS. And I think a lot of legacy automakers will try to work with them to switch to that. Because unlike Android Auto, Android Automotive, Automotive OS is literally Android for the car that automakers can configure in whatever they, way they want. The way, for example, Samsung had their UI and LG had their UI, but it was running Android. That is sort of what Google is working on. So I think it, we'll see both. We'll see automakers trying to to make it up on their own, as well as uh, try to work with Google. And which is going to win is not really known right now, but well, yeah. that is that's an interesting point. So I didn't quite catch that when you first said it, that yeah, Google, mm -hmm. so Google is basically going to be providing a platform that can be customized by automakers yeah. in a much more in-depth way than previously. Yeah. It's what, yeah. And, and the good I mean, thing is that they are pretty uh, well integrated with Android Auto. So people who uh, developers that have already developed their apps for Android Auto can easily switch to automotive OS in the code. It takes just very little uh, to transition to to make their apps a lot more than they are now. But yeah, still, all those platforms are limited. For example, you still cannot play a video on them, even if you're parked. And you know, I actually was making a video about this, uh, but I think the biggest there are two big criteria to uh, for an for a car, for an entertainment system. The screen needs to be at least 10 inches. 
it needs to be 16 by 9 aspect ratio approximately not like some super long elongated screen that you have no use for when you want to play a video and also needs to be very easy uh, to get content onto that screen like a tesla uh, five seconds and you can resume your netflix show we need that we need it needs to be simple for example some cars like the porsche taycan their infotainment system right you can play videos on it it's just that you'll have to on the computer convert it to a very specific format and size beforehand with a special program, put it on a USB, make sure to have that USB with you, plug in that USB in the car, and then a passenger or in the middle, you can watch a video, you know, in not very great resolution uh, while parked. So that just doesn't work. Yeah. So the Google OS, like, first of all, I mean, there's not that many automakers out there and certainly not that many big ones. So I, I, I imagine there's a significant team at Google that would work with a team at Volkswagen, Daimler, BMW, Ford, GM, whatever to, to integrate, right? So far, they haven't had that many deals with different automakers yet. So it will. So like I said, I think so that automakers so we'll are having a hard time trusting Google and Apple uh, with this new automotive OS after being, you know, so slow to develop since 2014. And do you think part of the problem also is that there's a kind of realization that there might be a lot of profit in the, in this, in the software, in the infotainment itself, that this is something that you might want to be, you know, profiting off as much as possible if you can do it in-house? Well, Google and Apple do profit a lot off of the Play Store. Uh, I mean, an App Store, App Store Play Store. So that is something that they could try to earn money on, but the fact they, they just don't have the expertise for it. And that's a huge problem. In China, it's easier. There are a lot of uh, developers there that can make uh, regional apps. And I think they will also be able to offer their services to help uh, put apps onto their platforms when they go internationally. It's, I'm really curious to see what BYD and XBank uh, will have in their infotainment system once they... Uh, once the new cars, the ones that are arriving in Norway, for example, I'm really curious what move, what was able to transfer from the Chinese market, infotainment system market uh, to the Western one and what didn't. Yeah. I mean, they said Spotify, but that's, you know. Yeah. And we talked to Xpeng, but BYD, Xpeng and Neo are all bringing EVs to Europe uh, now, uh, starting with Norway. Yeah. And yeah, they have very robust Chinese apps ecosystems and and services integrated in china but they were have been very um they they were not willing to tell us any any details about what they will bring to europe right (laughs) yeah no but But, lee auto is using android automotive os which is written on their website though it wasn't officially i haven't seen any acknowledgement from google about this but they might not need to for example regular android for uh, smartphones is also available uh, to developers without needing to uh, have a partnership with Google. So maybe their Lee Auto is using Android Automotive OS, especially for the Chinese companies. That might be really smart because of how well that will be able to integrate later with uh, all Western media that you might want on an infotainment system. This episode is brought to you by Volkswagen. The all-new, all-electric ID4 SUV is here, and it's for everyone. And it listens. All you have to do is ask. With a new enhanced voice control system, simply say a command like, Hello ID, I'm cold, and the cabin automatically warms up. Learn more at vw.com slash id4. Yeah, well, we see what's coming to market right now. We see, we see what's coming soon. Um, we don't really know what 
you know, the, the longer term vision or, you know, projects are for these companies. What's your opinion of what, what you don't see yet that you really think needs to be a part of these infotainment systems? Well, when I think in general about uh, having a large screen in front of me, whether it's my computer, a TV, I want to be able to have co put content on there easily, as easily as it is to pull out my smartphone, right? And right now, uh, most automakers, that's not the case. With Tesla, that's only barely the case with Netflix. But for example, even the Ford Mustang Mach-E or the X, um, wait, BYD cars, which can have vertical screens, why don't we have social media on there? Why don't we have apps on there? Why, I mean, even if on a Tesla, I want to, for example, read a Clean Technica article, sure, I can use the web browser, but then I also need don't to Don't use the web browser. No, don't do it. <laughs> the web browser is not good. <laughs> really? I haven't had, my experience was not too bad. But my point, what I was trying to get there is, what if I want to drop a comment? I'll have to log in there. Why doesn't it just know, you know, why doesn't it connect to my phone to understand what for accounts I have, what kind of bookmarks and passwords? It really needs to tie in with phones and with, um, you know, accounts, like even simple Google authentication, Facebook authentication. It's not there. The future is literally going to be from a few seconds, you can get things on screen. And right now it just takes too long. It's too difficult or in most cases, not even possible yet. But consumers really need to start demanding this. I mean, it's a huge waste. You have a huge screen in front of you and you can't use it for what you want to use it. Yeah, no, I can totally relate as a Tesla Model 3 owner. You know, I absolutely love the Netflix, the and, YouTube. You know, one really but... interesting example that I love is the Honda E. You know what they did? I do not. <laughs> Basically... Uh, rather than just try to put all the software in there on their own and or not, or not do anything, they just put in there an HDMI port. And so you can literally put anything there you want, a Chromecast, an Xbox, just do whatever you want. I did know that because you told me that like a week or two ago, but <laughs> I forgot. Oh, right. That, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, but people have played Minecraft or some kind of video game. Uh, or plug in a Chromecast in the Honda E, and they're happy. They can make a Wi-Fi hotspot uh, on their phone or use the car's Wi-Fi hotspot. And there you go, entertainment system. Well, actually, I, mean, I, I also, we were, this, was on, this was on text chat, and I also was not 100% sure if you were being serious that you liked it or or that you didn't like it because you also, you know, you, you said something afterward, which was like, they have nothing, so they just did this, and it works, you know, or something. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, do you think that's think a real it's a approach? A shortcut, you know. I think they realize that they're not going to be able to create some kind of great OS and integrate with all our systems, uh, all our accounts, the way that we want to. Not, not for years. So here, here's an HDMI port. You figure it out. And I think that's genius, to be honest. Yeah. So going back to Tesla for a moment, this is something that has surprised me and sort of frustrates me is is the lack, lack of integration. Um, it's very limited, you know, I, and I, 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 what I think about it is, is it partly a security issue and a safety issue? Like they don't want you doing too much, messing around too much anyway. Uh, you already have YouTube, Netflix, and games. That's enough to keep you busy when you're charging or something on a road trip. But, or is it like, is it very difficult? I mean, do, do you think it's this is something- It's not that difficult at all. Not at all. I mean, I mean are there security games, issues? Security issues, you know, right now you can already integrate with your Tesla via the web browser. There are all kinds of Tesla apps that work via the browser that can access a lot of the information on that car, you know? 
So it's not a security issue. It's, I wouldn't even, maybe it's even a bit of arrogance, even like, we'll get it done. This is good enough for now. You know, we'll get an app store in there. You know, we're still way beyond everybody else. So I, I don't think they care too much, to be honest. Yeah, well, it reminds me of the issue of waypoints for navigation. So I love the Tesla smart navigation system is very smart. But, uh, you know, something people have been asking for for many years is that, you know, you can put in more than one destination. So you can go to point A, point B and point C and have the system plan out your trip for you. Uh, and yeah. those are those different points are wait, called waypoints. And it's been so heavily requested by Tesla owners for so many years. And finally, you know, at the Plaid event, Elon's like, so you want waypoints? Okay, we'll do waypoints. You know, like they're finally yeah. putting waypoints in. But it's like, it's just one of those things like, why does Tesla yeah. not have this basic feature that's been on Google Maps yeah. for like 20 years? You know, so it's, it's weird. I mean, same but... thing, for example, in, the, in Europe, they had Spotify from the beginning, but in the US, they had, uh, what was it called? The... Um... But in any case, a lot of people were requesting mm-hmm. Spotify. Personally, I'm still waiting for what was then Google Play Music, and now it's called YouTube Music. That's what I use. I can use it on Android Auto, not on a Tesla. Just play music via Bluetooth, I guess. But it's just, this is stuff that they could have easily done, and for, they haven't. I mean, I guess they have a lot of different things that I want to yeah. focus on, and they're just thinking like, hey, let's put some more of this and that in there every now and then, but I just don't get why they haven't launched the app store yet. They, yeah. they will, and they really should work on that. Well, I think it sort of brings us back to the, one of those initial points too, which was, you know, is it better to have completely your own system or to outsource it to Google and Apple? And, you know, in the latter case, then you get all the integration. In the former case, you have to do a lot of work, I presume, to make all of these things connect, the, you know, the way... Or it's just like you said, like, they're just like, oh, it's not our priority. We're ahead of other, other, others anyways, or whatever, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't here's know. what could work. So for example, Volkswagen, they created their MEB platform, right? Uh, to work across multiple automakers that they own or are partnered with something like that. A bunch of automakers together might have enough resources to actually create a decent modern operating system. But, you know, they could have just technically use a lot of off-the-shelf regular components and just put Android on there or put something simple, simple, even Windows, you know? Like, we won't make a great uh, system. Here's just Windows, have fun. Even that would at some point just be better for a parked car, you know? And There's so a lot a they qu- could do and just they don't do. Yeah, a question I have, I have that I haven't seen an answer to, like how much do these different infotainment systems how much are they really affecting buyer decisions like how many people really say oh i'm buying this car because of this infotainment um you know there's always anecdotes people talking chattering but do you think it's a do you think it's a it's an important buying decision for many people today and and also you know side on the side do you think it will be in 2025 2030 i think most people have like a really low expectation for a car infotainment system I mean, they haven't really had good ones in the past and, you know, there, there still are very few actually really good ones. So I, I guess they just don't have high expectations from that. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you have your smartphone, you can do all on there. It's good enough. But, if you know, if the whole market worked upon what was good enough rather than what people want or could or there's the quote by uh, Steve Jobs, uh, people don't know what they want until you show it to them, right? 
And yeah. I think that's kind of the case here. Automakers haven't shown yet what is technically possible. And until somebody truly does, like Tesla is already being a good example, but you really just need a lot more butts in seats there so people see it. I mean, when you I'll, test ride yeah. your Tesla with someone, you, you show them how you can accelerate. You don't show them that you resume Netflix in five seconds, right? Yeah, exactly. And I try to point that stuff out and people, I don't think care that much, but or they just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, sometimes it wows people. Other times they're like, I, I don't know if they're processing it or what, but, um, but on the other hand too, like, you know, Tesla is tech, it's this tech company. It's just, you know, it's a different niche. So a lot of people just, you know, they, they don't want to go outside their comfort zone. So like you said, they need to see it more yeah. in other uh, other vehicles probably to, to really think you know, okay, just a few hours ago i had a funny conversation uh, i was filming the fiat 500 electric uh, and an old man was walking by with his dog and he was one uh, was asking about electric cars and uh, that he kind of wants to get one i was telling about this cool technology and then he's like ah all that pesky technology always getting in the way yeah exactly it reminds <laughs> me of of steve too steve hanley or one of our writers who <laughs> who is very fond of, of complaining about the, the tech he doesn't need. And we have a lot of readers like that as well, who just yeah. like, like, I wish you would just leave all that crap out and give me a car that's cheaper, that has doesn't have this stuff that I don't need, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that is, it's a funny thing, you know, the, the, the time, how fast the technology changes and, and how we react to it. Uh, so I think one last question on the uh, infotainment side of things. Um, yeah. You know, the Tesla Model S Plaid came out with this new, you know, it's got a gaming level system. I don't know if you if you saw the video by Tesla Raj already about going walking through it all. But, you know, there's a lot of little quirks and bugs and, you know, different like I couldn't get cyber cyberpunk to play the the sound on the video in the back plays, but then steals the audio (laughs) like. Like if you have something else on in the front, you can't get that sound on. There's, it's not like like a back, and maybe they just didn't find some things on initially. But, but basically, there's a lot of like it's not as perfect as you imagine when you look at, the, you know. What do you think about about basically that and about how you know that system and that 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 concept evolves the concept of gaming in the back seat also just one more thing on that like that screen is in the middle and i mean uh, so many yes. cars now they have screens hanging on the back seats for yeah. kids you don't really have a middle thing for them to share so i don't know what your comments yeah. on all of that stuff the gaming and the infotainment and the new teslas well first of all for years i've been wondering tesla where the hell are the seats are, are the passenger screens like seriously have one for each passenger in the back and one for the passenger front and then one in the middle for the driver, you know. They haven't done that. I don't know why. I guess it's all has to do with their robo-taxi plans and uh, also to keep prices down somewhat, I suppose. But to return to the your question about the infotainment system, I don't know if you know this, but that game, Cyberpunk, right? It has tons of bugs on its own on every single computer. I did that see plays that. that game. <laughs> it was pretty big scandal. It was all over the news. They publish this game and most of the time it has so many problems that crashes it doesn't work so that's that game specifically is not a tesla specific problem but they specifically but, focused on playing that game for the demo i know yeah well it is a pretty cool game i, I get why elon likes the idea i mean it's also cyberpunk kind of cyber truck you know it, it's kind of his thing so i understand why he would focus on that it's also 
a bit of a joke, a bit of a meme, like most of Elon's tweets lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, actually, what is really interesting is that that new infotainment system, it actually has basically the same processor as the PlayStation 5. And that there has a lot of potential because that could mean that they could port over more games more easily than they otherwise would be able to. It's a pretty powerful uh, piece of hardware and that they put that in, it's a smart choice. Do you think that's and, transformative? Do you think that's going to really like bring Tesla infotainment from level one to level you know, five or something? Well, to be honest, I feel like they're kind of skipping levels, learning to fly before they can walk, you know? <laughs> I mean, crawling would be like pl playing Netflix. Next would be, you know, a bit more apps, a bit more uh, flexibility on that, an app store that would be walking. But instead, they just flew to like console, computer, uh, powerful level gaming. I mean, don't the get me wrong. <laughs> I hope they introduce this uh, at least as an optional upgrade for the Model Three and Y. I want it, but you know, it's like like I said, they're like they're learning to fly before they start walking. And these bugs, I I'm not surprised at all. Like I said, they're skipping steps when they really shouldn't have. I mean, in some ways, it makes sense. Tesla's hardware always improves before the software does. They are ready for the capability of the future, even if the software isn't, even if that means shipping a Model 3 with no seat, with seat warmers that you have but cannot enable and stuff like that, you know. It's, it's normal for Tesla. And these bugs, it's very much, uh, you know, we were ex I was expecting that. Yeah, I, I think um, anyone who's followed Tesla closely for a long time or any amount of time, but, you know, even in the early days, many Tesla products and features of their vehicles are specifically because Elon wanted them or didn't want them, you know, like, so, yeah. so uh, he's a gamer. So I think he wanted to be able to game in the vehicle. <laughs> he's so he's, he's like, we can do this. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> forget about yeah. apps I don't use and all that stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so we'll for the second part of this. You, know, you might you might make your you might be making a pretty good point here. Elon just I want to play games in my Tesla, and he told you know the team to make it happen. Though yeah. I, I still would appreciate an HDMI port like Han did. I, I still think that is really smart. Yeah, I, I like that that idea that that concept. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,